0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Josh, and my sheet says some guy named Kev. I don't know. Coming up, we'll talk all about the number one ranked Riverhounds. We'll fill Kev in on what he's missed, and we'll look ahead to our last two games of the regular season. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty.
1: What what the fan? Fan? Oh, Joe yes!
0: The are on the verge of a home victory tonight. Kev, welcome back to the show, man.
2: I, so much <laughs> has gone on since I've been back. I, I leave you guys. We're in fifth. Cr- crossing our fingers to crack into the top four. Now we're in first. We finished the the season undefeated at home we have a guy we have todd pratzner back in the squad How, when did that happen?
0: <laughs>
1: i thought he was gone i mean uh, it's, it's it's so much has changed i can't wait to see all the pictures you took with the the riverhound scarf at all the different locations and locales. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting for that slideshow I'm send just, it to me whenever.
2: Yeah, i just need to finish my tutorial on photoshop and Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> let me know when it's done
0: yeah We heard, Kev. uh, We didn't end up talking about it on air about your uh, New Zealand trip being unceremoniously canceled. It was canned. Yeah, it was canned. Yeah, Uh, yeah. United needed to
2: find their their error was like pilot error. They needed to find a new co-pilot. I was like, well, that's great, and that just pushed everything back, and it just made the. I'm not going to bore you with details. Just it ended up canceling the trip, but I still got to go to Jackson, Wyoming, which is awesome. um I don't know. I feel like there's there's a, there's a pressure for, I think, especially, like, millennials to, like, if you're going to do a vacation to, like, oh, if you're going to do it big, you got to, like, go out of the country and all that kind of stuff. There are some awesome places to check out still, like, within the country, obviously. I mean, that's, but, like, I've never been out west to like national parks and see those landscapes and all that kind of stuff so yeah we went to Jackson Wyoming saw the Grand Teton saw Yellowstone and it was uh it was awesome I I highly recommend it If, if, if you ever get the chance to check it out and if you haven't been out there it's it's awesome
0: good I'm glad that you had a good time and now you're back just in time to see the hounds in first place like you said after yeah, I should go away more often. After you said it couldn't happen earlier, you know. But. Start, a, start a GoFundMe and I'll
2: start vacationing more so we can have the hounds uh, <laughs> pulled up. Um, it's not that I said it couldn't happen. I said it wasn't probable. I mean, look, like, yeah, anyone can jump up five places if you win all your games and the teams around you lose some
0: of their games. Like, that's just like, I just didn't think that was going to happen. And it happened. It's it's incredible. It just made me think. You saying you're coming back, I completely forgot that that happened in that time span. I'm thinking, if you go
1: away again, what other former Hound <laughs> would Coy be awesome that. to come back? I was I gonna mean, say ha- hashtag, uh, Angulo Watch watches back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's let's get into it, Kev. Let's talk about all the stuff that you
0: missed. So first of all, the Hounds had two games this week. We're gonna spend the majority of the time talking about one of them, but one of them was a win against Loudon, two to one. So there's a victory beverage for you. Um, Unfortunately, uh, you know, this is sort of the minor subplot, but that game did end the Hounds' shutout streak at, what, seven games? So they officially had seven games where they held the other teams to zero, um, and then Loudon was able to get one in, which... Wasn't it some record, like, in the...
1: Yeah, actually, uh, not for the whole East, just for the Hounds in general. The Hounds had never had a six shutout. I think five shutouts was the record for the Hounds. So getting six was the record breaker, and then keeping it for seven games was even better. But, yeah, had it in eventually.
0: Yeah. And, well, we'll talk about the other record later. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was one that I think was just a little bit surprising in that Loudon was the team that scored first. I mean, the Hounds came out and looked a little bit, Lethargic, but as soon as Loudon scored, we bounced back immediately and got two quick goals, and then pretty much shut it down from there. So, um, Josh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about that game in general, but
1: no, I I mean just the fact that it it, seeing the Hounds coming back from being behind. I mean, obviously, since we've had these shutouts in a row, we haven't had to see that and haven't seen the Hounds actually do that lately. So it was nice to see that they could still bounce back and have the energy and. And just the, the drive to do it, and uh, as far as watching the game, uh, we had a really fun watch party at Piper's Pub. Uh, we ended up having like 35 people show up to that impromptu, just like, hey, let's just all hang out at Piper's and watch it. So it was a blast. We were chanting. The, the people who aren't used to soccer in the afternoon at Piper's were annoyed. It was it was a good time had <laughs> by all. Uh,
0: yeah, I think, like I said, the, the real story in my mind was not that the shutout streak was over, because it, it was going to happen at some point, but how the Hounds reacted to it. I think that was key. And that was the big positive to take away from it. And the fact that we got the win was, was huge. I mean, especially when we sort of look at how the standings are shaking out. So the Hounds follow up that win with a draw at home, um last regular season home game it was fan appreciation night before we actually get into the game let's talk a little bit just about sort of the the five game stretch because Kev, before you left we were talking a ton about okay the hounds are gonna have these five games in two weeks and this is where really we're gonna figure out what this team is made of and how they're gonna shake out and honestly uh you know obviously we're now in first place but looking back basically to replay it all we had the nil nil draw at nashville which, Kev, I don't know if you saw that one. That was the the Toby Adawale red card that shouldn't have been a red card, but it was a straight red. Yeah, we'll just let that one slide. Um, there was a 1-0 win at Memphis two days later. We got the 3-0 win versus Indy at home, which was huge. Then we had the 2-1 win against Loudoun and the 1-1 draw against Atlanta. So this five-game stretch where we're looking at, you know, two teams that were above us in the standings and a couple others that were battling for spots, the Hounds end up winning three and drawing two of those, which is a little bit crazy when you think about just everything that was going on. Um, when you compare that to what the other top teams in the East did in their past five games, uh, Indy has four losses and a win. Nashville has one loss, three wins, and a draw. So basically one draw shy of what we have. Red Bulls with three losses, a win and a draw. And then Tampa has two losses, two draws, and a win. So the uh, the Steel Army meme that everything is coming up Millhouse. I mean, really a large reason why the hounds have sort of catapulted in the first place is because everybody else is just stumbling and that's not to take anything away from the team, but that's just sort of where we're at. Um, yeah. So yeah, like, who, who would have predicted
2: that? Like not, none of us were, was going to say two thumbs pointed at this guy. <laughs> I was saying, you just set <laughs> him up for that. <laughs> like it, really, did we think Indy was going to what they lost like 80% of their games? Four losses. Like we, yeah. I think we, we we caught like we thought they were going to drop points, especially with other midweek games and all the games they had to catch up. But I mean, that's yeah, that's some heck of a
1: output for us. Yeah. I mean, it's just awesome to see. And the, I mean, I I had said before that Indy was going to drop points. I didn't think that they were going to do strongly uh, with all those midweek games it's just they were getting tired but even with that like i thought that meant like they were going to be below us like at fifth we were going to be like fourth or third like i did not expect it to go the way it did and the fact that you know because all the other teams did have all those issues even though indy dropped that many games they're still in second place now which is crazy like they had four losses in a row and they're still in second place that tells you you know those games in hand really helped out and the fact that it's a situation where they they had the most ground to gain so it's it's still impressive the fact that they're all the way up there in second so
0: agreed um so i wanted to talk about that a little bit before we sort of dive in and talk about this atlanta game here so i guess first things first josh you mentioned you and liz got fan appreciation at the halftime so kudos to you yeah, for, uh, uh, the passes
1: wood. the Tuffy's golf course. Can't wait to, uh, uh, you know, bother him more. I hope he's there all the time. <laughs> you just walk it. Is Tuffy here? We're, he's not here? All right, we're, let us know when he's
0: here, and we'll come back. I'll be at the bar. Let me know when he's here. <laughs> I got um, thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Came to talk business. Um, but, guys, this was a game that the Hounds drew 1-1. Um, I think Josh, you know, when we had Matt Geica on last week, Matt, I'm going to blame him just cause I know he's listening. He sort of talked me into thinking the Hounds are going to roll this one. Um, <laughs> but his thought was that, you know, last time the Hounds played Atlanta, it wasn't even close. And, you know, Atlanta is basically out of the playoffs. And honestly, after they got this draw, they're out of the playoffs. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't get in. Um, but then the idea was that you know I think we all sort of said like two nothing three nothing four nothing sort of predictions in this game and that just wasn't the case. I mean, Atlanta came out to play, um, you know, constantly passing the ball at the back. There was a lot of back and forth between Atlanta trying to play the ball at the back versus the Hounds pressing. Um, it was it was a far more interesting game than I thought it was going to be. I guess Josh, what's uh, what did you see? Give me a takeaway here.
1: Um, well, first off, Chippy. Uh, that's how I explain this game. Th- this whole game felt like Atlanta was just kind of foul after foul, and it was a very slow, plodding game. Nothing really got to play out that much. It, c- it kept on just kind of getting whistle after whistle. Uh, how many cards did they end up with? Uh, one, two, three, four, five cards for them and two cards for us. So yeah. it-, it was a situation where there was a lot of yellows. I thought for sure that uh, number six, um, uh, white. Yeah. I thought for sure he was going to get a red. The the ref actually had the red card out, was about ready to give it to him, and then put it back in his pocket. So frustrating, because I feel like he deserved it. <laughs> right after he got his foul, he just started a, pretty much just giving a lot of lip to the ref and did not let up and was getting in the ref's face. And then finally, the ref was just like, that's it. You're getting a red. And then he kind of like walked it back. So yeah. Uh, it, it was. So, I think even there was notifications that were going off on my phones. Like, yep, he got a red. He's yeah,
0: foot mob said that it was or foot mob or how we pronounce it said that it was red, and then like
1: two seconds later, it's like, oh, correction, it was just a yellow. So yeah, steel army was already chanting na 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 nah, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, ah, oh, man. Um, but that could have been a big difference in this game, though. Uh, if if one of those players would have gotten a second yellow. Uh, I'm wondering what the result would have been. But even with that said, I was kind of disappointed with our attack. You can kind of tell that we were in a situation where all the accumulation of games were getting to us. Um, it was just to the point where it's funny because I thought the midweek game was going to be what this game looked like. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that midweek game against Loudon was going to be tired legs, our B squad. It was going to be a lot of, you know nerves and not even just nerves just the players that aren't usually playing together as much and not as linking up as much as they should and that's what we're going to see this game um was going to be a little bit more against Atlanta. was going to be a little bit more cohesive and it felt like the opposite so i'm kind of surprised but again tired legs. so hopefully, once the players get some rest and we're back on a regular schedule we can actually see some results
0: yeah, I I put out on Twitter that, you know, I was watching the game from home, and uh, the announcers made the comment of, like, well, you know, Atlanta wasn't doing really good at the beginning of the season, and then they got some MLS players on their squad, and now they're doing a lot better. And I'm like, like <laughs> Amazing how that works. Shocker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a team where, you know, obviously Atlanta's doing pretty well in MLS, and... Um, they're trying to play the the same system, and so you have a lot of energetic players that are trying to make their mark. So even though they're out of the playoffs, they still want to come and improve something, especially of late. I mean, Atlanta's been hot as of late. So, Josh, I think you're right. I think this was a case of sort of tired legs meeting up with this. I don't. I was gonna say increased hotness, but um, you know, a, a, a heightened level of play, um, and so it was just sort of brewing for something not to go the Hounds' way. So they've got enough bounces their way up to this point, so can't really complain about a draw here. Um, now we just need to win the next two.
1: I will say, though, this, I mean, with this game and ending a draw, zero losses this mm-hmm. season for the Hounds Amazing at home. home. How awesome is that? That was my one of my biggest kind of concerns going into this game. I was just thinking, like, Man, if we can't lose, because like how how crappy would it be to like get that close <laughs> to a perfect season at at Highmark as far as no losses? Uh, so that puts us at uh, ten wins and seven draws at home this season. That's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think. That, again, is just further
0: proof of this team sort of turning that page. We talked last week with Geica about not, like, the Evertonianness of this team, but sort of, like, if you've been a fan <laughs> of this team for a few years, you could see this being the situation where, well, we're perfect all the way until the last game of the season where it's fan appreciation, and then, oh, we lose. Like, we can't get across the finish line. And this was a case where, once again, the Hounds got across the finish line. So, hopefully, you know writing that next chapter in the team and we can all leave those other chapters behind us and move forward with them um i
2: mean going along with that can we also finally put to bed the whole like has the usl passed literally by because like <laughs> it's just such a joke now like you can't you can't you can't say a hound team who's first finishes the season unbeaten at home I don't know. I think uh, Lily might be getting too old for
1: the USL. I'm still seeing it. I'm still seeing it online (laughs) right now. Even guys on the USL show, I'm still seeing people being like, well, you know, they're kind of falling back on Lily Ball now. That's really dangerous. Calling you out, Pony. I saw that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess to be fair, we were some of the ones that were saying that earlier this season as well. And I think rightly so. I mean, there was a point where this team was in 12th. And we were even questioning, do they even deserve to be a playoff team? When they had sort of that string of draws and they couldn't get any wins. And then basically, what, there was the one win, I'm I'm blanking, was it North Carolina or Atlanta, where we just put a bunch in and then we just haven't lost since. And so, like, again, I don't think any of us would have predicted that kind of run, but... um, I don't
2: think we could have, I don't think we predicted the run, but I think at the same time, I don't know, I, I... I don't think any of us, I mean, I certainly wasn't trying to suggest that Lily is out of his depth. I, I think, especially earlier on in the season, I don't know, maybe I'll go back and listen to the episodes. But no, you won't. I think it was just a situation where, <laughs> you know, balls weren't falling our way and we weren't finishing correctly. I, I didn't really ever think that it was, uh, the system was incorrect. I mean, I know I've been kind of banging the drum of we need to commit more players forward and attack we need to have more midfielders kind of making runs into the box and all that kind of stuff but that was really the only complaint I had um you know even as the season grew you know he he starts going more towards a back forward now yeah granted in the past couple games he kind of goes back a little bit as well but but yeah I I don't I don't know I I, for me this (laughs) until we have to talk about it next season uh this this ends the conversation
1: (laughs) um of of, has the usl passively by Absolutely agree. I mean, I, I think memory serves me correct. I was jumping on the whole, you know, no way, no how has the system or has the league passed him by, uh, kind of banging that drum saying like, nope, he's still good. He's still, you know, got what it takes. Nothing he has not missed the playoffs ever. How can you say that? So, uh, I have a tweet still saved. I'm waiting till the season ends. I'll tweet it out if uh, we're we're in first. But if we're not, I'm not going to tweet it out. So, <laughs> no, I I
0: distinctly remember of the three of us, Josh, you were the one that was squarely in his corner. And I think Kev, I just remember you keep saying like, we're a podcast. We could talk about this sort of stuff. And so like we talk about it, and that's what it is. <laughs> I think the 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 frustrating thing for fans, especially again, looking back at fans who have been with this team for at least the past few years, is. Last season, Lily started slow. This season, the Hounds started slow. And so I think everybody is anxious, especially after how the Hounds finished last season, at least, you know, getting the first home playoff game. Um, We were bringing back sort of the core group of players from last year to this year. I think we all sort of expected them to jump right out the gate and just be on fire, and that was not the case. And I think so a lot of us went into sort of that, all right, here's another season where the Hounds may not make the playoffs, and you start questioning in your head. But... Maybe this just means that all of us need just a little bit more patience and maybe get through June before we start really making any sort of accusations about what uh, we think should or should not happen. So,
2: Well, and just also the state of the league. I mean, the fact that a team like us can, you know, make these jumps from, you know, questioning, you know, the, the, the fan base questioning if we're going to make the playoffs to now very, you know, very legitimately, you know, potentially finishing first. So... And I don't know if that's necessarily a commentary about the league as a whole or just the Eastern Conference this season, um, how close everything has been. But, I mean, that kind of tells a story on its own.
0: Yeah. The 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 overall story, at least in terms of East and West, is that Phoenix has sort of run away with the league title. They have the most points. They were undefeated. I think they still may be undefeated. I honestly can't remember. Um, but Phoenix has it. But They're not. So, they're, they're what? They're not. They have had three losses. Okay. But – um. Basically, the difference between um, the top and the bottom in the West is like huge. Where you have a few good teams at the top, and then there's just like this middle that's yeah. Whereas the East is much more, you know, from one through ten. Um, it's it's much higher level of play, which should make the the you know the final interesting when you finally get to see East versus West. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here, gentlemen. Um, I guess this Atlanta game. Any other takeaways? I think, you know, the, the one thing that the announcers tried to make a big deal out of was they tried to make the argument that Nico's the, the the foul that occurred on to Nico that led to the penalty wasn't actually a foul. Or it was a soft foul. I think it's the case where it's a foul in the box. So whether it's a soft foul or not, you kind of have to give the pen. If you go back and you watch the replay. The defender didn't get the ball at all. He swung his leg up, and it hit Nico. And did Nico sell it a bit? Sure, but at the same time, like you didn't get the ball, you kicked the player. Like that's it's a foul. So. I don't think there's anything else there to discuss. Josh, I'm guessing that the Steel Army probably wouldn't disagree with
1: me. <laughs> no, no, it was a foul. and I, I mean, it was a soft foul. I will give you that, but it's still a foul. I yeah. mean, just because it's not a heavy foul. And furthermore, later on in the game, we had a situation where I forget who the, def- uh, the attacker was, was coming onto the ball and pretty much just kicked Morton. Uh, and was oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. Like it looked bad. Like seeing it live, and I, I thought he was hurt, and I thought like that was worthy of more than just a yellow card. Like mm-hmm. he kicked the keeper. Like I don't know. Like I, I just couldn't believe like that was just a yellow. So there's a couple fouls that they got, you know, off pretty scot free on all considering. So I'm not really going to complain yeah. that we got a soft uh, exactly. PK. There was another one where who. Uh, Tommy
0: V went up for a header or something it was like right outside the box Tommy V went for a header and the player came across and just threw his shoulder into Tommy V's head which and again there was no call there it was just I mean there was no card no anything like that look I got a concussion from basically the same play so like that's Mm -hmm. dangerous that's dirty that's no good so what were you doing Mike? I was Playing co ed flag football there you go. <laughs> I, I like how he knew you knew he knew because of the way he asked.
1: What were you doing, Mike? Go ahead. <laughs>
0: but it was a similar Snicker. play. I was a receiver or no, I was on defense. I was going to make a play on the ball and the It was receiver, Susan, wasn't
2: it? She came up and just right. threw uh your wife. Just it was. just threw your...
0: Um Yeah, no. It was some other guy came across the field and dropped his shoulder into my head as I was making a play on the ball and yeah, I've had All sorts of problems ever since, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I guess uh, one of the other takeaways that I did not realize until I went back and watched the replay a few times, I was a bit surprised. uh, Atlanta's goal came off a header over Joe Greenspan. Like, Joe was... was, What? I, I had read the notes afterwards, and I thought Kenny originally said that it was his guy that sort of got past him. But looking at it, it was definitely Joe, which...
2: I mean, it depends. If that if Kenny legitimately said that, it could have been a situation where you have your big guys zonal marking and your smaller guys man marking, and Kenny loses his guy, he gets a free jump on Joe. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, though, I don't know. I'm it 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 was all too easy. Yeah, I think, uh, which was the disheartening thing. Yeah, um, you know, you would expect. I don't know, and I don't know if it's tired legs at that point in the, of the game, because you would want Joe to know, you know, it's better to attack the ball than just, like, try to defend it, I, I know I'm kind of splitting hairs here, but the but the difference is, the Atlanta player has a run, and he's running, and he makes a jump, and that gives him more momentum, and gets him higher up in the air, whereas Joe's kind of standing still. And he has to just jump straight up with a guy on his back, and you're you're always going to be at a disadvantage at that point. So, I don't know if it's something where if it is kind of a mixed approach of zonal marking and man marking, and the man marking person maybe Kenny lost his player, which means he gets a free run on Joe, which means it's easier. Sure, then then that's that's a situation where maybe the players are letting the system down. But it's yeah, it's kind of hard to see like yeah, you're, you're kind of handicapping one of your best aerial players in Joe Greenspan to just have him say, okay, you're going to be in a competition where you can't move, you have to jump straight up, and another guy's going to get a full run on you. Like, yeah, that's a tough thing to do. Um, but, yeah, it was... At, at the end, of, it's like, yeah, how, how did we let in a goal when Joe Greenspan lost a header off of a set piece? Like, that's just... Uh,
1: yeah, it's frustrating. That's the thing. It's a tough thing to do, but it's something he's done time and time again all season. He's been pretty much... The ball always seems to find his head with every corner uh, from the opposition—not just the corners that we take—but uh, the fact that he was usually the person who gets, you know, ahead and hits it out. Um, it was just to see it go over top of him and then it get headed in. It's just ugh. It was frustrating, uh, to say the least, at the game, especially since it was so late in the game and you kind of felt like, crap, this is going to be a draw. You could tell. And it was in front of a packed house and you you wanted to see that win, especially with so many people there to to watch. And you know the guys were disappointed. I mean, talking to them after the game, it it was... They were disheartened as well. Um, They were happy to hear about the other results going their way, but uh, they were disheartened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean... To say nothing, of, I think Atlanta deserved the point in this game as, as difficult as it is to hear I mean, this was a good back-and-forth ah. game Yeah, I know um, But <laughs> at least watching it They they directed play for large portions of this game And honestly kept the Hounds on their heels I mean, other than the PK, the Hounds were really I mean, they had a few half chances But there weren't any real, like, you know We oh, were I mean, interested from going in Atlanta didn't really have a lot of chances either, though, to be completely honest. I
2: know they technically hit the bar at one point, but, like, our keeper had that covered. If it was actually going in the top corner, like, Morton gets over it. Right,
0: but but, but what I'm saying is, is that we didn't really have a ton of chances. Atlanta really didn't have a ton of chances. It was back and forth. Like, you know, if the Hounds would have won this game, it would have been like, great. If the Hounds would have lost this game, I probably would have thought the Hounds at least deserved a draw. So I think in this case, Atlanta at least deserved a draw. I thought one thing that gave me a little bit of pause was, uh, you know, in the 80th minute, we started making our subs. And we put in Rivera for Brett. And then also went Pratzner for Dos Santos. And the whole, like, going super defensive, we've seen that. I don't want to say we've seen that backfire on us before. But it always just makes me nervous. Too many other times we've seen Lily go more offensive down the stretch to try to keep the pressure on the defense, and this just seemed like a weird opposite version of that. Um, He had to try to correct the mistake after they scored by taking out Toby and putting in Mark Forrest, which who knew that Mark Forrest could take throw-ins like corner kicks? Like, when he told everybody to back up, I was like, (laughs) what's going on? And he literally just chucked it into the box, which was awesome. But... um, yeah, that I didn't was, even know he was still in the
2: squad. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just remember his like cup game, right? He, yeah. Didn't
1: he, didn't he play in the cup yeah. game again? Got a red yeah. card like immediately. Yeah. 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 He comes on the field for the first time for the Hounds, and he's gone. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. that, was, that was that was fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, with all of that said, like I, I don't think that this is a game that we necessarily split hairs over. We just went through the last five games in two weeks. The Hounds ended up down that stretch with zero losses they finished the regular season at home with no losses. Like, you can't complain. I mean, it would, be lo- it would have been amazing to get the win, but at the same time, you know, I'm not crying tears here. Do, do you think, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold my, I don't know, I don't
2: want to lead either of you with this question, but do you think this is a sign, not only the result, but how we played, of us potentially slowing down before And I know that's kind of crazy to say because we just wanted a great run. We just had, you know, seven-odd games of, of not letting in any goals. We're going on a crazy win streak. We're top of the league, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, do the combination of, you know, how we play it and result, do you think is an indication of us slowing down?
1: I'm going to go first. So I'm going to say no. Uh, the fact that this is, we... If we're just taking, like, let's say those games that we're talking about, was it one, two, three, four five games the last five games uh we have two draws and uh three wins and the first draws at the beginning of that run and the second draws at the end of that run it that's not really a sign that we're kind of going down if anything it kind of just seems to be staying steady um and the fact that those were a lot of midweek games in there and kind of running on empty the fact that we kept that momentum going into all those games is also a good sign that this isn't us slowing down, and I can't wait to see what we look like after a week's rest, finally, and getting back on it. So I'm I'm excited for the next game. I feel like we're gonna see a strong team coming off this run.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I, I feel like this was more of weathering the storm. As much as I think we painted it up in our minds of wow, the Hounds are in first place. If they win here, they lock down the yeah. top four spot. We just assume like. This is but a when, was
2: the la- when, when was the last time we had to weather a storm? That's kind of my point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I, I think when I say weather the storm, I'm talking more along the lines of the five games in two weeks storm. And so, again, to Josh's point, you look at, okay, the first game was against Nashville where it was a nil-nil draw and the red card completely changed the face of that game where I think if there wasn't a red card, the Hounds would have made a run. it. And, and honestly, the Hounds had two chances at the end of that game where they could have won that game at Nashville. Then two days later, they go to Memphis, they get a win. They come home, they beat Indy 3-0. They go to Loudon, get a 2-1 to win. So it, it just felt like not necessarily they were due a draw, but a draw is understandable in my mind. I think if the Loudon game is more of a, uh, you know, if, if they draw the game at Loudon or they lose the game at Loudon and then they come, to a, they come home and they get a 1-1 draw, I think then I might be a little bit more cautious, but... I think the 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 way that they performed at Loudon after Loudon scored, um, again we're thinking tired legs, and then they come home, they get up as much as they can for the last home game in front of the fans, 1-1 one, one draw. Um, I got no complaints. I don't I don't I don't see this as slowing down at all.
2: Well, and, and I think you guys have kind of mentioned it already, but do you think we had tired legs in this game? Because that's kind of my other part of this question. Is like not only not only metaphorically slowing down, but almost physically
0: slowing down. I would say yes. Um, just if you look at the other times this season where we've had three games in a week, the Hounds lost that third game because it's just it's too much. So I think the fact that we went five games and and there was some rotation. I mean, Lily did a pretty good job. of There running.
2: was, and, and so like just pointing out quickly. I mean, I guess Atlanta. You would probably argue at least. 10 of the 11, if not the full 11, are, are kind of, you know, set in stone starting 11. Against Loudon, though, um, you know, Velarde starts, uh, Noah Frankie starts, Sammy Kasai starts, Todd Pratsner starts. Um, and that was also the case for Memphis, I believe. I mean, I don't think all those players, but there was definitely some rotation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess my point is, with how we played against Atlanta and the away games we have coming up, and also wanting to be fresh. I mean, I think Lily learning his lesson from last year. I think at the end of the season we limped across the line last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of carried over into our, you know, our loss against Beth Steele in the first home playoff game. And so I think hopefully Lily learning his lesson from that as well as um, all the games that we've been playing. I would I would expect to see more rotation against St. Louis uh, on Saturday. I, I, yeah, the I don't I don't know who, but you know, Sammy Kasai I mean Dabo hasn't had a lot of minutes this season maybe playing him again I'm getting ahead of myself but I think the, the point being here is it I think Lily has a tough decision because yeah we, we have two two really important games left uh coming up ones that you know to control our destiny we need to win um but at the same time you have to you have to do a balancing act because I think there's a lot of minutes in the legs especially of like you know the, the likes of Forbes and Brett and Funky Zeo and you know key players in our squad um, yeah, I would want them to be fresh for the, for the playoff run. And, uh, and I think that means that, you know, rotation is necessary. Here's the, qu- yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go.
1: I was <laughs> going to say uh, it's, I can see what your point is, but at the same time we have a full week's rest in between each one of these games. So I don't think it's as necessary. If anything, you kind of want to keep those players fresh and keep them, uh, you know, game fit and and honed in and, going back to the five game stretch while they didn't play every single minute every single game there's still a mental fatigue to playing that many games traveling that much because they're still dressing they're still traveling with the team it's still kind of like that mental fortitude that you have to have to be ready to go on at any minute just in case so while yes their legs might not have been as tired because they didn't play as many minutes as what it looks like, it's still a situation where you're just tired, you're strained. So having the week off to just have regular practice and kind of, like, get back into it and be able to relax a little bit more and not have that pressure all week or, you know, in the middle of the week as well, I feel like we could see the same starting lineup for both games, with one notable exception, which would be on uh, this coming up game against St. Louis, Tommy V is not going to be available because he does have international duty. Yeah.
0: So that might make space for Mertz. They might go back to a back four. We'll see what they decide to do. Um, I think the the one thing that will be interesting is um, Lily's game plan, depending upon what happens in St. Louis. Honestly, uh, you know, we could talk about this at the next episode, really. But if the Hounds lock down a top four position. Then Kev, to your point, do you then rest some players for that last game knowing that you're going into the playoffs as a top four seed and you're gonna have that first home playoff game? Or do you keep pushing for two wins and lock up first place? Um I don't know. We've never really we seen me, Yeah, Let's in this... talk about that after yeah, we've, the result. We've, we've never really seen Lily in that <laughs> position. So let's okay, let's talk about um let's turn the page on this game. Let's talk about what this draw actually means for the rest of the season here. Obviously, we've said ad nauseum the Hounds are in first place. The worst the Hounds can do at this point is 62 points. So that assumes that we lose our next two games, which I don't think either any of us are really predicting to happen, but it could. Um, New York, Tampa are currently in fourth and fifth. The best they can do is 63 points. So really, if we want to lock down a top-four spot, we need at least two points over our next two games... To keep New York and Tampa from catching us, so if we win this weekend, we've locked down a top four spot. If we get a draw this weekend, we've got to get a draw in the final game of the re- of the regular season to end up in at least a top four spot. That is assuming that both New York and Tampa win out. Well,
2: which, also remember too, Tampa plays Indy next.
0: Right. No, there's so. the, and there's a ton of games that need to be watched. You know, there's a Tampa Indy game. There's a was it Nashville Louisville game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of good games that everyone's got to be keeping their eye on. So if we win out, we still take sole possession of first place. So the magic number to uh, basically lock down a top-four spot is two. If we win out, nobody can catch us, we get first place. I think, for me, the the most dangerous team to keep an eye on here is Nashville. They currently have 58 points with three games left. So Nashville now has a game in hand on us. If they win all three games... They have 67 points. So the Hounds are at 62 with two games left. So if we win and – What? Sorry, I'm interrupting your flow. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. I was going to say, if we win and draw, that puts us at 66 points. Whereas if Nashville wins out, they'll be at 67. So if we draw one of these next two games, we're counting on Nashville to basically draw and or lose once over their next three games in order for us to have first.
2: I'm never up to date on role changes, but is the tiebreaker still goal difference?
1: I believe it's wins, yeah. which is what the problem is. Yeah. Because we don't have as many wins as hardly anyone else since we had all those straws at the beginning of the season. Yep. Well, I mean, we're level, though. I mean,
2: Indy has one more win than us right now, which is problematic. Yeah. And that's that's <laughs> the biggest one. Right. Yeah, because you can't really see us getting into a tiebreaker scenario with either Red Bulls or, or Rowdies unless things
0: go sideways. But Right. And Indy is currently three points back on us with the same number of games. So basically, if we match Indy in terms of how, whatever points we get, if, you know, if we draw and they draw and then we win and they win, then like we still end up ahead of them and we're not worried about a tiebreaker scenario. So we can keep an eye on that. Back to Nashville. Nashville's next three games are Louisville, North Carolina, and Atlanta. All of them in Nashville. Okay. So, you know, Louisville at this point. They've locked down a spot. They're in sixth. North Carolina is in seventh. Both of those teams are going to be jockeying for positions to try to avoid, um, you know, what I think it's the is it the last two teams that have to play first, and then everyone else gets a bye? I can't remember how this works. This is yes. great radio. Yeah, so 9 and 10 will basically have a play-in game.
1: Um and, like midweek, I believe. Yeah, it's
0: a midweek game. So, you know, 6 and 7, they're... They're, they're pretty far away from St. Louis and Birmingham, but they're still going to be jogging positions. So I don't see either Louisville or North Carolina lying down um, for Nashville. And Atlanta, as we saw, could care less about where they are in the standings. Um, they're just out to wreak havoc and ruin people's lives. So um, those aren't going to be cakewalks for Nashville. So I'm, I'm feeling okay about that. I, th- I think the positive thing is
2: if we win and draw, the worst we can do is second which is nice. Yeah. If my math is correct. And that, and that feels pretty safe to say. I don't know. I, I would. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll say it now. I'd be a little surprised if we did worse than a win and a draw over the next two games. So that's encouraging.
0: Are you at all concerned that the two teams we're playing are currently ninth and 10th in the East and a loss to either or a loss for either of them could mean they're out of the playoffs?
2: Honestly, not really. I don't know. I've never bought this whole like, I don't know. They're going to yeah. play harder because they're at yeah. the yeah. Like, eh. I mean, but like and so so are our players, they know what's at stake. Like they want to be the team who finishes first in the East. Like like there's a lot to play for these teams. It's not like, oh, we have a home playoff game for the first game. We're fine. Like it's no, like they they know at the end of the day, they they're they're proud professional, you know, athletes. They they want to have that I don't know notoriety and all that kind of stuff. And finishing first is a big deal, especially where, where, with where we came from at the beginning of the season. So I don't know. I I'd, and I always come back to the thing as well. Fine, even if you want to believe, oh, they're going to be fighting harder and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, it's the end of the season. They're they're in you know what ninth and tenth for a reason. Like they're they're not fourth or fifth. You know they've deserved the points they've got. And and at this point in the in the season, thirty two games in this, the the table doesn't really lie. Um, so you know that's that's not a bad
0: thing to play a mid-table team right now so let me ask you this i was going to save this for later but we can do it now over under three and a half points over the next two games
1: are you taking the over or the under three and a half
2: i'm taking the over
1: i'll take the over as well um one big thing to keep in mind is the fact that both these teams that we're going to be playing have midweek games before Mm -hmm. playing us so that's a huge deal. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's a lot of games in a row. Again, that's going to be tired legs. That's going to be a situation where you're going to find these teams who are at this edge. And it's, oh man, I, I feel bad for St. Louis and Birmingham because both those teams, if they, if they stay where they're at in ninth and 10th, they have that midweek play-in, uh, play-in yeah. which is, again, another midweek game. So they're going to be going from midweek game, midweek game. So they're going to have a huge stretch. Um, which is great which, for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say whoever is in first place, yeah. hopefully it's us. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome for it because that means you're gonna be playing if it's one of those two teams. Was that their sixth game that they've haven't had any rest, uh, a full week's rest at all? So that's a uh, yeah,
2: yeah, intense. I mean, we haven't lost since August seventeenth. I mean, like, <laughs> like, and so you're essentially at a baseline taking two points, yeah. and then assuming we win one of them. Which is quite likely with our with the run of form that we're in, you know. Obviously, look, of course, anything can happen. It's yes. sports. Like we could we could lose both. That is absolutely a possibility. But
0: you know, it's we're in a really good run of form right now. I just don't see that happening. So you guys both confidently said you're taking the over on three and a half. You taking the over on four and a half? No, I'm taking. I mean, I'm taking four. You're taking like, this. Yeah,
1: I I feel like I'm in the same boat. I I, I think we should win both these games. But I wouldn't be upset if we had a win in a draw. Here's the question. Does four get us first or second, though?
0: Four puts us at 66. Four, and,
2: no matter what, gets us at
0: least second. Yeah, right. So It's just whether or not Nashville leapfrogs us. Exactly. So four gets us to 66. If Nashville wins out, Nashville will be at 67. So... Four gets us the second place behind Nashville. If Nashville win out, which, like I said, I don't think that's a guarantee. There's there's some game watching that's gonna be going on here over the next two weeks, because um, it's not gonna be easy for them either. Honestly, I, oh man, I think if I, I think I'm taking the under. I'll say four, and I'll say that four is enough to get the Hounds first. I don't think that I don't think Nashville gets all nine points, and I'm not worried about Indy catching us because I think that. Even if Indy gets two wins, that puts him at sixty five and we'd be at sixty six. So yeah. I think win and a draw. That's all we need. That's <laughs> all I, we I, need, boys. I, yeah, and some and girls. some
1: help, but yeah, a win and a draw and a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. To get first. I like it's a prayer. I don't know. I like uh, we need some help in order for if we get a win and draw, we're not guaranteed first. That's my point. Right. So
0: um, I'm trying here frantically, and, of course, the USL site. There we go. Uh, so th- actually, the Louisville-Nashville game is tomorrow. So basically Tuesday. If you're listening to it, it's probably today. So we'll know, basically, the result of that game, and then, Louis- then Nashville plays North Carolina this weekend. So very quickly. That's going to be a rough one. Yes. North
1: Carolina is doing pretty great right now. So
0: very quickly, we're going to have an idea of whether or not nashville is able to win out or not and so obviously by the time you know justin and steve do the preview show we'll have a very good sense of what the hounds need here over the next two games um but guys I mean, in in nash in nashville's
2: last seven games they've won four drawn one lost two i mean it's it's form you would expect for a team at like <laughs> higher in the table but it's not like it's not first place finishing the season strong form you know like it's 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 good form.
0: <laughs> it's great having you back, Kev. Yeah, four yeah.
2: Four, four wins in seven games with Best two losses thrown in there.
0: <laughs> didn't we? This is this is the top left, shelf
2: analysis you get with Kevin. Right? <laughs> I was
0: gonna say before you left, didn't we make you give a pep talk to the team. I have to go back and listen to that.
2: It was probably terrible. It was, it was, it was awful. But I guess it worked.
0: I don't know. <sighs> All right, guys. Well, before we even you know. I was going to say before we have to worry about the game this weekend. No, that's not true because there are games being played this week. So we can always watch that. But at least in terms of what the Hounds can control, we can't play two games at once. We got St. Louis this weekend. We travel to St. Louis. St. Louis is yet to lock up a playoff position. They're currently in ninth. Now, that obviously may change because they do have a midweek game. Um, uh, basically, they play loud in midweek. So keep an eye on that. They've been on a bit of a slide recently. They lost to Memphis one nothing. They drew one one with Atlanta, and they lost to Louisville one nothing. Now, you know, losing to Memphis, like we, if I think if we weren't playing Memphis on a Tuesday, we would have steamrolled that game. But that was one of those ones where you go out, you get the win, and then you just you come home, and that's it. Um, the loss to Louisville is substantial, and the draw with Atlanta. I mean, we just drew with Atlanta, so I don't know. I mean, we we said four points. Is this the game where we get one, or is this the game where we get three? Josh, what do you think?
1: If we're gonna get one point, this is the game we get one point. I feel uh, this is St. Louis. They're not doing the greatest, but at the same time, they play Loudon the midweek game. I feel like you put your your B squad in for Loudon and see what happens. Uh, Loudon's not doing that great right now either, so it's not like it's a big deal. They, yeah, I mean they beat Tampa, which was pretty cool. Uh, but that is also, I feel like, more on Tampa than it is on Loudon uh, playing good, if that makes any sense. So uh, if, if Loudon can do us another solid and uh, get St. Louis out a little bit, I just feel like that might help us to uh, kind of get their uh, – just make it a tough game. I don't really care about the score as much as I just care about it being like a, a heavy heavy game.
0: Yeah. I mean, looking at looking at St. Louis's schedule to uh, Wednesday – They play Loudon, like we said. They play us on Saturday, and then the following week they play North Carolina. And, again, we said North Carolina has been doing pretty good recently. So it's not going to be easy for them. Um, I was kind of thinking, well, if you play Loudon and then you play us and you play somebody like you know Charlotte or somebody that's already out, then maybe they don't take our game as seriously and they focus on trying to get the six points between Loudon and somebody else. But the case that they're playing us and North Carolina, you can't do that. They just got to come out and get as many points as they can. Um, So, Yeah. Kev, what do you think? Is this the game where we get one or three? I
2: don't know. I, I'm just, i just – it could be either. But I, but I, my point is I don't think St. Louis – I mean, they're extremely hot and cold this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, the past three games, they've lost, drawn, and lost. Before that, though, they had a five-game winning streak. But then before that, they had a five-game streak where they didn't have any wins. So they're, they're extremely hot and cold. I think the fact – even if it's loud and um midweek they're going away to loudon and like josh you mentioned earlier i mean you know your play even if you're not starting you're you're starting 11 there's still a mental fatigue that goes with it because likely they're going to travel they're going to dress they're going to warm up and all that kind of stuff um so yeah i mean it's the midweek game isn't going to help them even if they can roll over Loudon, it's not going to help them um so yeah i i think yeah. And also their 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 top goal scorer, if I'm correct, only has seven goals. Now, granted, they have a second player who's also on seven goals, um, and and then it kinda of falls off a cliff again. But I don't know, they're not scoring a ton of goals. They're not they're not a great team. They're not they're not a team that we're in competition right now. They shouldn't be we shouldn't be thinking about them as far as like, you know, can we beat them? Yes, of course we can beat them, especially with the teams we've beaten recently, so yeah i, I think I, I feel pretty good about this
0: so you think this is a three pointer i mean I almost I,
2: I think both of our last two games are equal possibilities of three points so I think like statistically maybe one of them will be a draw but I think equally you know we we have just a good as good uh, of a chance um in our last game of the season as well I was waiting for you to say
0: they're not going to lose because that's been your thing all season <laughs> as well Insanely. yeah I know I know ruin my party um all right. Well, I guess after all of that, is it really worth doing score predictions? Yeah, let's sure. do it. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say, um, Hounds come out and they win three to one. Josh, what do you think?
1: One zero Hounds.
0: Kev. Two one Hounds. Two one. So three one two one one nothing. So there we go. That's what we think. Let us know what you think. Obviously, there's going to be a ton to watch and talk about over the course of this week. So uh, we will obviously have a show back for you next Monday, another analysis show. In between, we should have another preview show here for the St. Louis trip. Justin and Steve will take over that. I guess, gentlemen, is there anything else that we should talk about in this one? Oh, I guess the one thing that I missed up above. Kenny Forbes got uh, Steel Army Player of the Year Award. So kudos to Kenny. I guess, Kevin, question to you. Do you agree or disagree with that?
2: I 100% agree. Um, I I think Kenny's been huge for us this season. Um, A quick stat that jumped out at me when I was looking at at Kenny's stats in comparison with the rest of our team's stats. He has, what is it? uh, 400? No, 400? Yeah, 300. He has 300 more passes across the, uh, the entire season than the next person on our list so, so like Ooh. he has he's around 1700 passes this season Von Kizil is second with just around 1400 i mean and he's not like a center back kicking it to his other center back you know yeah. he's he's a midfield general that runs the game creates chances he, he's our highest chance creator he's our highest assist uh, maker and yeah no he's he's absolutely vital he's come up in big moments throughout the season with with big goals um from from set plays and and just through the through the normal run of play, yeah, uh, Forbes has been has been incredible this season. I think the only thing is what I I don't my guess did did Brett get it last season?
1: Yeah, Brett got it last season. Okay. Season before that was Kerr, Willie Hunt. Before that, Vincent. Before that, Danny Earls Before that, and then so forth and so on. Okay, so then fine. Brett got it last season.
2: I, I was Brett can feel a little bit hard done when he you know has scored thirteen goals this season is the you know top five goal scorers in the east um but uh but yeah forbes has been incredible
1: yeah we've actually have never given it to the same player twice like not just in two years in a row i'm just saying in general like one player has not gotten it more than once it, and it's all fan voted so it's not like there's any real like you know there, policy no or, whatever, or anything like know. that just yeah just fan vote and yeah. uh yeah you have to be a still army member to vote and that's uh pretty cool to see that it's been evenly distributed not so much just on you know the striker
0: yeah and kev to your point you mentioned nico's sort of top five for golden boot uh kyle morton's in top five for golden glove too so we talked a lot last year about like oh these guys are in contention we laid down this stretch we now have two guys in contention as well but back to the whole kenny forbes thing i totally agree i feel like getting lily last season was a big deal but i think You know, very close behind that was the fact because we got Lily, we also got Kenny Forbes because he has. He's been the midfield general. And like I said, if he's not on the USL Championships first team at the end of the year, like something is really wrong. Um, He got player of the month uh, this past month. Um and uh, Joe Greenspan is up for player of the month this month, I believe. Voting was down for so. a while, and now it's back up. So if you haven't voted, make sure you go to the USL website and uh, and vote for Joe Greenspan for that. Because I think he's, you know, if you're sort of ranking them in my mind, I think Kenny deserves it, but a very close second is probably Joe um, for holding down the defense this year. So, definitely, yeah. Gentlemen, I guess anything else for this episode? Obviously a lot going on this week. But uh, we will regroup and uh, talk about all of it next Monday. So that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com, hear all the shows we put out, including the preview show and the post-game full 90. Um, Follow us on Twitter, at mongols. Email us at mongols at bgm.fm, at MongolsPod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon.
2: Cheers. Later.